you were also going to make a point that not everything in every area or every decision has to be an A plus. It can yeah, be a C. Exactly. C's are okay in some areas of life. And, and I think when we are struggling with perfectionism, and I'm going to speak from self-experience here, we tend to let that infiltrate all areas of our life. And we think that everything we do has to be perfect. So not only does our work have to be perfect, our kids have to be perfect. Our marriage has to be perfect. Our yard has to be perfect. The house has to be perfect. And it, and it seeps into every area of life, but let's be real. Nobody can attain that. It's not possible. None of us are perfect. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time. We're not God. This is the Next Peak Podcast, where we help you redefine success and achieve goals that are actually important to you based on research and real life stories. I am your co-host, Clint Herndon. I'm joined by clinical psychologist, Dr. Parker Houston. And we've got a fun topic today, one that we are both very connected to, I think, personally, and that is dealing with perfectionism. In fact, the idea is done is better than perfect. Dr. Houston, how are you this morning, sir? Hey, I am great. And you want to know why? Why is that? We got our third dribble, like little tiny dribble of rain in the last six months. And I'm going to go on a bike ride here in a little while. So I'm excited for the clean air and tacky mountain bike trails, which I remember growing up here when it used to rain in Northern California. And it was nice. It's been a little while since we've had some of that. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine because I talked to my brother who is enduring hurricane after hurricane in Louisiana and sending me pictures of alligators in the intersections because there's five feet of water. It's hard to even comprehend when we get like a couple driblets and droplets of rain. But I'm, I'm thankful for it. I don't think we even got that down here. And I live, what, 15 minutes from you. I, I didn't see any spots on my car, so. Well, feel free to come up the hill and see some rain. It's like a phenomenon. <laughs> I would love to see it. You want to dive into our topic on done is better than perfect? Sure, why not? Now that I've taken us completely off course, you do it to me. So, and I know you appreciate it. Then I can go completely off the rails if you want, but I, I think we'll try to stay on topic. All right, good. So you guys, this morning, we're going to be talking about another angle of perfectionism. And when I pitched this to Clint, he said, didn't we already talk about that? But no, there is so much about perfectionism that can wreck your life and block your dreams. And I wrote a blog post similar to this called Perfectionism, the Secret Thief of Dreams. And so there's a theme here. If you're a perfectionist in any way, which many of us or most of us are in at least some way, it can really rob you of your dreams, take you off course, and it's largely unconscious. So just think about that for a second. These are things you're not aware of. So you're not aware of them. They are unconscious things. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying unconscious. 
Well, it's funny. We say, oh yeah, like less conscious, but we don't realize how on autopilot our brain gets because it loves routine and it just likes to do what we did yesterday. Mm -hmm. So um, just want to plant that seed as food for thought today. So we're going to talk about a quick story about this guy, Lord Acton. I had not heard of him when I first heard this story a few years ago. He's the guy that came up with the statement that I think we often attribute to Abraham Lincoln, which is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This statement is attributed to John Dahlberg Acton, otherwise known as Lord Acton. He was a 19th century historian, and his story is actually pretty tragic and holds a really important lesson for us. I found it enormously helpful, powerful, and I hope you will too. So this guy, uh, Lord Acton, was widely regarded as one of the greatest thinkers of his time, one of the greatest minds of his time. He wrote many essays, lectures, but he never published his like masterpiece book that he actually worked on his entire life. And he lived to be almost 70 years old. So it's not like he died young and didn't publish it because he was 35. He lived to almost 70. And historians called his book the greatest book never written. And I did not read this book, but Daniel Borston, who I think is a journalist or interviewer, he wrote a piece on Lord Acton, and he said that Acton was tortured by the idea that his book was imperfect, and he constantly postponed publishing it or completing it for the promise of new facts or new ideas still yet to come. And some people even said that he knew too much to write. I really identify with that idea, trying to fit too many things. If you've ever been writing something, If you've ever tried to publish content, it's easy to try to come up with more and more and more thoughts, facts. For me, it's like psychological studies to bolster my persuasive argument or whatever the opinion is. But you can include so much that it not only screws it up for the reader, they can't even see what your point is, but it just gets distracting sometimes with more and more information. And you can postpone it too. And that's what Lord Acton did. So in 1911, Encyclopedia Britannica editors came out and said that Lord Acton might have ranked amongst the world's greatest historians, but left too little in terms of his completed original works. So let this be a lesson to all of us. Don't leave your, don't die with your masterpiece inside of you. Clint, you're laughing, so you must be thinking of some things you want to do. This is a great lesson for business owners or people if you've been thinking about launching a business or creating content of any kind. I think you're going to find some of these tips helpful. So with that said, let's dive into some of the tips that we're thinking of that are relevant to this. And I would say the thing that we need to get past too is it's not just for us. And I think A lot of us will go, well, yeah, I want to be remembered and all this stuff. And so we want to be remembered for being this extremely brilliant person or having this brilliant idea. And so that may be why we wrestle with putting something out. But in fact, it might be a gift to the people around us and to the next generation by pushing out content or starting a business or whatever. I don't know. I just wanted to offer that. That, That's not one of our uh, top tips. That's a freebie right there. But just remember that 
you've got a gift and you've got purpose and you've got unique insight into the world. And it's important to share that because there's going to be people that are going to benefit from that. That's great. And you also had this idea of building up momentum and like building up yeah. positive momentum. So how is that relevant? Yeah, exactly. This idea of, of publish or start just to get momentum. I think you are kind of my inspiration for this actually, because you've started your blog just kind of by doing it. You just said, Hey, I feel like I need to be doing this and I'm going to start. And I don't know how long you mold that over before you get started, but you put it out and you've been putting it on consistently weekly for what, three, four years now? Four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Which then as I started this podcast was something I kept in the back of my mind. And if you've joined us late, you, you missed this story, but when I first was kicking around the idea of a podcast, I, I ran into Ken Coleman from the Ramsey Solutions Group at a book signing. And I was talking to him. He's got a great podcast. And I said, hey, Ken, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. I, I asked him probably six questions. Oh, what, what computer program? How do I do this? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, man, you're, you're overthinking this. He's like, just, just start, get a microphone, plug it into the computer, start recording, get it out there. And then he said, the first one's going to suck anyway. So just get it out there. And if you go back, which I wouldn't advise, but if you did go back to our early episodes, one through 10, and they're pretty rough. Uh, I didn't have a direction. I didn't have really any insight into what I was doing, but the momentum that we got from that was enormous. And then Parker, when you join up with me, we just, we got the ball rolling. And I think really we've put out some great stuff that I think has helped people have gotten feedback from it. We've had incredible guests on, but I just looked back at the last 75 episodes and that would have never gotten going if I didn't just put something out to get momentum. Yeah. We love Pastor Ray Johnston of Bayside, which is one of the largest churches in North America. And I was just reminded of a quote that he used a lot. He says, you can't steer a parked car which I think is a really great metaphor for this. It's like there is no momentum when you're sitting in the car and park, kind of, you know, trying to envision where you might be going and twists and turns. And the fact is we just never know where it's going to go. So building that momentum is enormously helpful, which leads us into point two, which is your first version is never going to be your best work. So I, I recall a while ago, I heard someone say, just put out two garbage pages per day, like make that your routine, just really build this muscle and this discipline of two garbage pages. So when you view it like that, the goal is to get it finished and create those two pages every single day. And that has been one of the most helpful things I've ever heard as someone who writes a blog. It really helped me to build that muscle. I do hope to go on to write books at some point, maybe when my kids aren't waking me up in the very middle of the night like they were last night. I found that enormously helpful to just recognize that our first version's not going to be great and we can just get it done and out of the way. And it's really about building that muscle. Even our podcast is a great um, example, right? The first few I did, I felt very pressured and like, nervous and needed to over-prepare. And now we're able to put these together much more organically, quicker, faster. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Now that you've been doing, this is episode, what, 76? Episode 76, yeah. 
No, I agree. In fact, I'm a flunky of the artist's way, I'll say, by Julia Cameron. I got about halfway through the exercises and, and I've got distracted. But to, it backs up what you're saying. Her whole idea is to start the morning off with three pages of writing. And you don't judge your writing. You just put stuff on a page and it, is, it just becomes practice. Yeah. So you were also going to make a point that not everything in every area or every decision has to be an A+. Plus. It can yeah, be a C. exactly. C's are okay in some areas of life. And, and I think when we are struggling with perfectionism, and I'm going to speak from self-experience here, we tend to let that infiltrate all areas of our life. And we think that everything we do has to be perfect. So not only does our work have to be perfect, our kids have to be perfect. Our marriage has to be perfect. Our yard has to be perfect. The house has to be perfect. And it it seeps into every area of life, but let's be real. Nobody can attain that. It's not possible. None of us are perfect. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time. We're not God. It's okay if your lawn doesn't get mowed every Friday. It's okay if it's not the perfect yard in the neighborhood, but if your kids are doing great, you're having great family experiences or your business is functioning well, there's just going to be times and days and seasons where you just have to accept that not every area is going to be that A plus 100% that you hope for. I see this in the coaching world in various clients that I've coached over the years and people that I've mentored, there's a lot of perfectionist achievers out there. And and one of the pitfalls that I see that's really common for these people, myself included, I only know it because I've gone through it myself painfully many times, is everything has to be an A+. And so when you do that, you actually end up wasting an enormous amount of time on little tasks that you could probably do pretty quickly but you see people get kind of stuck like an eddy in a kayak. You're going down the river, moving along, and then you get stuck and they're just bouncing around trying to perfect something that could just be done, submitted, completed, and it's a task that they could do quickly. So it's something that I sometimes work with people on. What are the things using the 80-20 rule? It's what's a high impact task that you do need to knock out of the park and what's the stuff that you can do the C effort on? It's important to differentiate that. Obviously, if I invest time with my family, I want that to be an A+. If I you know, build a website for my business, I want that to be an A+. But if I'm you know, building a spreadsheet for internal purposes and I'm the only one who's ever going to look at it, does it need to be fancy with all kinds of highlights or does it just need to serve its purpose? And, and I had to learn that because I would take, I'm a spreadsheet nerd, so I would take time and it had to be pretty. And then I'm like... I'm the only one who's freaking looking at this thing. Why am I spending so much time with this? Nobody cares. Yeah, a great little coaching exercise that I do on myself somewhat frequently is make a list of your tasks and label them high, medium, or low effort. And what I found initially is that a lot of mine were like high effort. I was like, I have to do that really, 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 really well. So it's very hard. Again, these are sneaky kind of subconscious, unconscious things that can, you can realize you're trying to do everything to the maximum. So the, the next point we want to make, this is number four, is perfect doesn't actually even exist. So I heard about an interview with a prominent physicist and I think AI person, AI guy recently, 
the name is escaping me, but the idea really stuck with me that what he said was that every theory is ultimately incomplete. And so he was talking about the history of physics where Newton came along and he had some theories and then Einstein came along and either disproved or added things to Newton. Every time we learn about space and the galaxy, it's like first we thought the earth was flat and then round and then we thought we were the center and then we realized we're not. And I think we're at the point where there's, I looked it up yesterday, actually, because I like to look at stuff about the universe. They're estimating 200 billion galaxies at this point. Let that blow your mind. Space just keeps expanding. It goes further and further and further and further. There's some galaxies with multiple suns. It's amazing. So the idea is that whatever your theory is, whatever your work is, it's probably imperfect. It may get expanded upon, but you're laying a foundation. You're putting something out there. Perfect doesn't even exist. Some people might love an article that you write and you work so hard on it. Other people might hate it or it like doesn't resonate with them at all. And you don't know what's going to resonate with someone and not with another person. So just put it out there and see where it goes and learn from it. And that leads into the next point, which is get feedback as early as possible. And to expand a little bit on what you're saying, if you get an idea out in the universe or into the world, it may propel somebody to expand on it. It may inspire them to go, oh, I like that, but maybe I'm going to detail it. And for you the person who put out the original work, you shouldn't take that as a shot against you that you did something wrong. At that point in time, you did your research, you prepared, you did the best you could with the information you had and the preparation you had. And you can learn from that personally, but you also did something good to inspire somebody else. But I I remember, I think it was about eight episodes ago, I, I had the opportunity to interview Rachel Cruz, who's Dave Ramsey's daughter from the Ramsey Solutions. And uh, has made a name for herself. She's written a couple books now that are both bestsellers and is a well-recognized speaker and teacher. And she told me that this idea of getting feedback as early as possible was what helped advance her career. So she said that she would go and practice at smaller audiences. She did end up in like a gymnasium in the middle of Podunk, Ohio with 20 people in the audience. But she would take that time to practice and practice her skills of public speaking and engaging the audience and where to stand and how to walk and all that stuff. And then when she got into bigger audiences and bigger crowds, and it was just more comfortable for her because she had practiced several times. And so getting that feedback was really helpful for her when she saw the audience went when she told a joke, she's okay, I won't tell that one again. And so it was this feedback loop that she was able to use to create an even better work down the road. Yeah, I loved when she said that because I thought, yeah, if you're on some podunk TV station, you definitely want to make your mistakes there and not on Good Morning America. That's for sure. So it's an excellent point that is really relevant. Just get out there, mess stuff up, get some feedback, and you don't want to do it on a big stage. That's for sure. She must have agreed to come on our show for that very reason so she could practice. So then the next, when Good Morning America calls, she was ready for the uh, interview. She was already on it, right? So I think so. I'm just Yeah. The sixth idea that we have here for our show notes for people to be thinking about is you gain confidence and self-respect when you finish stuff. 
So confidence and self-respect comes from finishing things. You can't underestimate the psychological win, the emotional win. And we talked about momentum, but really just building confidence and feeling like you have something done. And it also, it burns a ton of mental energy when you start a bunch of different stuff and you have 25 projects hanging out there that aren't finished. Your brain is going to wake you up in the middle of the night. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. It's going to say, I need to finish that. And what could I do to get that done? And what would make that better? And so you actually burn tons of wasted mental energy not finishing stuff. So if you can get it done, checked off, off your list, you'll build confidence, you'll build self-respect, and you will be more efficient with your mental energy and clarity of focus. It's like a proven cognitive thing. So I think there's brain science that probably supports it, but I didn't prepare for that this morning. Yeah. And this gets back to the idea, gosh, the Admiral's name is completely slipping me right now, but if you Google the University of Texas graduation ceremony or graduation speech, there's an admiral that shared a story. And one of the biggest takeaways that everybody always gets from that is make your bed every day, right? It's McCraven. Uh, McCraven. Thank you, Admiral yeah. McCraven. So I think about that. So th- here's a question for you, all that are listening. Think of somebody that has a bunch of unfinished projects around their house, cars up on blocks. The lawn is half laid, the house is half painted, whatever you you can picture in that. Now think of that person as a human being. Do they carry themselves with a lot of confidence and a lot of self-respect? And I'm not saying, I don't know which order of which, right? It's the chicken or the egg. But I think to your point, Parker, just in, in practical application in life that I've seen, those types of people tend to not be very confident in themselves and how they interact with the world. And I don't know which one causes which, but I can definitely see that with the unfinished projects. Yeah, key point there, finish things. Even the small stuff, like making your bed, you'll have more self-respect. So the idea we'll finish on for this morning, and Clint, you already hinted at this earlier, is no one benefits from ideas that only exist in your head. When I first heard that a few years ago, I just thought, oh my gosh, who am I to share these important things with other people? And often that's the way all of us feel is that we don't have maybe something worthwhile sharing that people will benefit from, but it's a certainty. It's an absolute certainty that if you don't share it, if it doesn't come out of your mouth or onto the page or into your podcast or your blog or whatever, No one can benefit from the idea that just floats around in your head. Really, what we're trying to do today is just encourage people to share their ideas, put it out there. You never know what can happen when you do that, but you do know what can happen when you don't do that. And that's that nobody will benefit and the idea will never take flight or grow legs and gain momentum. We just want to encourage you guys, if you're thinking about starting something, writing a book, starting a business creating content of any kind, don't die with your masterpiece inside of you. I've got a great story I'll end with, and that is one of my clients, Mike Coffey, C-O-F-F-E-Y from Coffee Custom Builds. You can find him on Instagram and all the other social medias. This guy started to develop a passion for woodworking. 
And so he just started playing around, making stuff around his house, doing little projects for people. He's actually got a podcast. I think it's called Another Woodshop Podcast or something like that. But he is so passionate about what he does. And if he had never started with those little projects, if he had been like, oh gosh, I'm not a very good woodworker. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. He wouldn't have ever launched. And now that's what he does full time. He's doing these huge projects for people that are enormous and beautiful. If you've seen the pictures on my um, Next Peak CPA Instagram, you've seen the coffee table that he made for us here at the firm. Absolutely beautiful work. Yeah, it's and, amazing. And that's inspiring. And it should inspire all of us because he could have easily succumbed to that feeling of whatever I make is not going to be perfect, whatever. And he could have just fallen on that. But I love Mike. He's an incredible guy, an incredible uh, woodworker. So if you're looking for something in that, he, you would do yourself a gift by seeking him out and seeing what he's created. So that's my inspiring story that comes to mind. Local but heroes. Local yeah. hero. Love it. Yeah. Hey guys and gals, thanks for tuning in today. If you got something out of this episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend and subscribe, download even some past episodes that have come up, like the Rachel Cruz one that we mentioned. And if you want to catch up with Parker Houston, you can find him at leadyoufirst.com. And you can always find us at nextpeakpodcast.com. Until next week, keep climbing your next peak.